Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Lovely to see you all. It's Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids calling it, Rehef. Ah, good. Uh, so uh, I'm recording on my phone today, my Tascam. I can't uh, charge it up. So, uh, so let's hope it doesn't go wrong. That's all I'm saying. It's bound to go wrong today because I'm recording on my phone, which will definitely go wrong. Um, that's boring. Uh, so uh, welcome to... Uh, it's, uh, so long to go. I wish the f- I so wish the Fringe was over. I'm just, I was in Cafe Nero yesterday and they were playing that um, song by Thea Gilmore about uh, I wish I was in London, that's where I want to be. You, kind of think, you shouldn't be playing that in there. That's so very cruel. <laughs> Because I wish I was in London, and everyone in Edinburgh wishes I was in London as well. So it's like just rubbing it in the face. Uh, so uh, it is. I think it's this psychologically the most difficult bit to get through because you sort of feel like it's nearly over, and it isn't oh, nearly over. And uh, again, we were kind of, everyone was sort of hoping the last week might pick up. Not gonna. It's not gonna. We're doing all right in here today. It's not gonna. Uh, two for one tickets for Talking Cock tonight. If anyone hasn't seen it, get them from the other belly. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's only seven pounds each if you've got a friend, but that's, uh, it is a shame for a lot of my fans because <laughs> they just can put their bag on the other seat. But that's still nice to. But you know what? You can probably put your bag on another seat uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to fill it. We had a nice weekend, uh, and uh, let's make the most of that and uh, try and find some work uh, when we get home. <laughs> So it's all it's all fun. It's it's fun for the. I think the most it's a sort of blitz spirit. Most of the comedians are uh, uh, coping with it quite well. Surprisingly, I'm, I'm not. I've not been doing it. I've heard stories about there's been a certain film star, and because I'm going to make a, a slightly wild accusation about him, I'm not going to say his name. But you know, there's only been one film star in town, so you can probably work it out if you look at the papers. But someone I've not even been out to see um, like into the loft bar or anything very much, which is where all the performers hang out. But this particular film star was in there apparently with two girls and one on each arm and he was kind of kissing one and then he was kissing the other and then he was making them kiss each other yeah you nod in there sir as if you three girls that's what you've heard it's gone up and it's in the rumour you've heard it it was you this is the here he is it was this man he plays Gollum in Lord of the Rings um (laughs) uh, uh, so uh, but I was kind of thinking I wasn't thinking oh I wish I was the man I was thinking, oh, it'd be quite good to just see that. That's, that's how <laughs> I wish I hadn't just been at home being ill. I could have, what? I didn't really. It's got to be a bit sad. He's 51 years old, whoever this man is. You kind of think. <laughs> bit tragic, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, I can't really talk. So, uh, but, uh, um, it's been. Are uh, you having fun at the audience? Are you having fun at the fringe? Not many regular faces. I recognise you. What's your name? Well, I wouldn't recognise you. Just all my fans are the same. What's your name? David Wilson. I don't want the full thing. David. <laughs> David, not been before? Uh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would recognise you. Then I'd recognise all my audience. <laughs> How dare you? Have you been here this, this run? Uh, what? Have you been... <laughs> <laughs> Do I speak English? Have you been here on this particular run of Edinburgh, Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, David? No, OK. Must be someone who looks like you. Where are you from? You sound uh, uh, foreign. Yeah, You're from Northern Ireland. Yeah, I, just, I was going to go for Canada. Because I'm like I'm like Henry Henry Higgins. Have you seen Michael Leggy's from Northern Ireland? Uh, no, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's all right. yeah, he's all right. Uh, actually, he's the guest. He's on tomorrow. He's the guest on tomorrow. Isn't he? A, he says he was a big celebrity in Northern Ireland. That's why he said everyone, everyone's heard of him. No, that's, that's weird. Are you are you from Northern Ireland as well? You're his brother. You look very similar, but one of you's got a beard, and one of you's got put the extra hair on the back of their head. Just to confuse people. Um, you're still from Northern Ireland, though, because you might not be. You can still be brothers and been born in different places. Your mum might have moved around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, she may have been a travelling salesman or something. I don't know what you're talking about. What prostitutes move around? Well, she's not in the Wild West. Um, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> well, that's very suspicious coming from Northern Ireland. What? Uh, what? <laughs> Do you have a job? Uh, sorry, I play in a wedding band. You play in a wedding band? Sort of. Yeah. It's a sort of a job. But do, you, do you not consider it a job because you get to get off with loads of girls or men at the weddings? <laughs> or both? It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. No, I would have thought that was guaranteed. Oh, have you had any gigs yet? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because that could be why you've got a sort, I've got a sort of job. I play in a wedding band. No one will book us. What's the best... Uh, I'm just going to interview you two. I don't think Al Murray's is all that interesting. Uh, so uh, what's the best music to play? What's the best uh, song to play at a wedding, do you think, to get everyone out on the dance floor? Do you know what, bizarrely, uh, Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Okay. That is right. The Walk of Life by Dire Straits. It's the best song. The best song to play at a wedding. A wedding of idiots. I <laughs> suppose uh, <laughs> that depends on that. I, my, I danced to my first dance at my wedding. I've recently got married. Thank you. Did, we, didn't know, we didn't know about the band. We'd have had you over if... Uh, we, <laughs> we danced to Girl from Mars by Ash, because my wife is a bit like an alien. Uh, and our last dance was to I'm the Luckiest by Ben Folds. Very sweet. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> The kind of the value's worn off after four months, so now I've got, I've got you know, that, that only lasts so long being romantic on that one day of my life. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of something else romantic to do. Uh, so, she's a wonderful woman. I love you, darling, if you're listening. She hasn't listened to any of these. She hasn't listened to us, even the one she was in, she hasn't listened to. So, uh, that's, that's how much she cares. Anyway, let's get on with it. Uh, will you please welcome, he is the star of Harry Hill's reunion show. <laughs> and uh, I can't think of anything really rubbish he's done. That's good. Oh, yeah, I can now, but I won't interest him with that. Will you please welcome Al Murray? Hey, how you doing? Wow. Been working out. Been thinking of working out. I've been thinking. <laughs> doing a lot of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about working out yeah. in Edinburgh. Yeah. We were just discussing gym, going to the gym. I haven't been to the gym for about five days because I've not been well. I'm still not well. I'm still putting this shit out there for you, <laughs> pretending to enjoy it. Not very well. Uh, but you were going to go to the gym. But I was going to go to the gym, but um, uh, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say, and we haven't... I haven't got there yet. There isn't. I bought a membership and I just haven't gone. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which one have you joined? Uh, Pure, which is, which is like a, a walk-in one where you can, you get a pin code and you can go in any time oh, you like. Really? Well, then the big idea is, you know, because normally when, when I, I'm, I'm going to spend most of the year touring, so normally we end up in a bar, me and my tour manager drink, drinking. Yes. And we decided to do something different this year, but I, I haven't actually managed to do it. <laughs> Maybe you can take the drinks to the gym. That could be the halfway always, house. There's always that. that was, I'm actually, maybe a cross trainer with a glass of wine is the way yeah. to go. It could, it could <laughs> so, uh, he, 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 he's that was a physical thing for those a, listening. A visual. It was a very visual. It was a wonderful piece visual. of visual comedy. Yeah. Uh, someone will be filming it. It'll, it'll turn up on YouTube somewhere <laughs> if you get your cock out. Uh, so, uh, what, what are you you're doing? A show that you're about to tour? Or are you in the I'm, middle? Yeah, of I'm doing a show. I'm about to tour um, a new a new two hour stand up pub landlord thing. And and I'm, what I'm trying to do here is do show one on Monday and then show two on Tuesday and one like all that. Ah, okay. uh, so rotate the. Halves. Rotate the routines and r- yeah. routine the parts, but but uh, I hasn't quite worked out like that because I was planning to do the rather more delicate stuff on Friday night, and then there were wee fighty ladies. Right, you know. <laughs> yes, she. <you know>. Uh. <laughs> Maybe I won't do the bit that really needs you know that really needs you to listen then. <laughs> It can be a pro- and I, follow, I haven't know. noticed that. So I'm gonna, maybe I'm on a bit early. What time are you on? In five to nine. They were yeah. Friday night. I mean, I've always found I've, Friday nights in general, uh, uh, people go to the pub from work and come to the show, and that, that that's across the board. But there's something about it Friday night in Edinburgh. Yeah. That Friday night in Edinburgh, where they've I don't know. Maybe they've left work at three. Um, <laughs> they have no intention of eating. <laughs> I mean, maybe they left work on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the essential problem. And then on Saturday, we had a similar wee fighty lady who I just thought, actually, you know what? And she was, she, she was doing the thing of talking, and I just, I, I, you know, and very rarely do this, just stopped and went, look, if you want to talk about how much you're not enjoying this show, do it, f- fucking do it in the bar, outside, <laughs> go away. And I, and I never, I rarely try, I rarely get that, like, um, yeah. fussed about it. But it was, it's that thing in, you know, uh, stand-up where distraction breeds... Yeah. More distraction, and all it takes is one person, in, you know, in a room of four hundred people, one person talking, and you feel it creep like 
black fog across the room and eventually it reaches the front row and you think, well, obviously they're distracted by them being distracted by them being distracted by yeah. horrible wee fighty ladies. So he threw her out. <laughs> well, she left in the end. And her husband got bolder as they left with a, yeah, fuck an English wanker! It's like, oh. You know, statements of fact do not, <laughs> do not heckles make, in my, in my view. And, you know... Hand on your heart. Was there any other man in that building who isn't a wanker who hasn't done that? You know, no. no. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's sort of interesting because you sometimes you should leave it, but it does, it does feel like someone's talking a bit quietly and you think, oh, if I leave it, but you're aware that people are kind it's, of yeah, getting it, unsettled around there, but then also you're aware that if you lay into them, which you sometimes do, the people over the other side go, what the fuck, they, what's happening? Yeah, just yeah, start yeah, attacking yeah, someone yeah, at yeah, the yeah. Well, no yeah, reason. yeah. It is, I mean, those, 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 those sort of... Um, Boring practicalities of running a room when you're trying to do a, trying to perform your new material that you can't, <laughs> that you can't remember uh, <laughs> can be can be quite. I mean, you know, I mean, that's not a poor me thing, by the way. I'm not <laughs> saying, oh, poor me, the terrible lot of a stand-up comic, because <laughs> it's, our job's a real gas. It is. It's, it's sort of an unusual thing. I mean, in Edinburgh, luckily, my audience are so distracted by the conversations of everyone outside my venue that I, it's. Uh, <laughs> Then it's, I mean, it's I very hard for anything to, say, to I, even heckle. So I went and saw Rich um, two weeks ago when I first got here. Or, yeah, nearly two weeks, ten days ago. And I was sat right up at the back. And I, was, I marvelled at your <laughs> apparent ability to, to, to just to carry on. Because the first ten minutes, I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> Let alone your um, you know, stream of brilliant uh, <laughs> penis jokes. <laughs> Look, yes. look, many comics do knob gags, but very few of them actually research the <laughs> and use the correct medical terms. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had sort of because Edinburgh is the only place in the world that I get a little taste of what it's like to be sort of famous because mm. most people kind of seem to know who I am. And mostly, it's nice people saying hello, oh, hello, Rich, and stuff as if mm. they see me all going, oh, he's stinging me, Jig. Sometimes I get, yeah. uh, but uh, which is still nice. Oh, Murray, uh, uh, it's all Murray, <laughs> it's all Murray. <laughs> It's all money. Bitcoin. Oh, wait, it's all money. <laughs> oh, oh, big fella. It's all money. Like that. That's the, what yeah. I get from the other side of the road. Is it? <laughs> but, uh, but on Saturday nights, I mean, it's really intimidating anyway. And I was talking about this the other day. But the, the other night on, on Saturday, which is the big thing, yeah. I was walking around. I was walking from down to do a gig at the uh, assembly rooms. And uh, there are loads of people recognised me. And I was thinking, oh, God, if someone just recognised, the wrong person recognised me, could get punched in the face. Yeah. But then someone just recognised me, who was a fan, and ran at me, jumped on my back. And Rich Shane jumped on my back and grabbed onto me and sort of swinging me round. <laughs> and it was real. And I was, you know, because I was in that... I don't know what he expected to happen, but I mean, he well, was quite lucky not to get well, me actually well, lo- physically punched yeah. in the face because it was it was really horrible. Well, last year, um, uh, last year I was I in pushed the ple- Pleasant's Court, and I, the Pleasant's Courtyard is, is um, during the festival. In the afternoon during the festival is probably one of my three favourite places in the world. Yeah, because I've so many happy memories of being there and amazing times and good, you know, and and. And also, it's, but it's also a place with, a, with with happy memories to come. It's a place. It's a portal to the future and the past. <laughs> the Pleasant's Court. I just love it. And uh, last year we were there, and in the end, I had to leave because in the end, I was with four or five mates, and in the end, we were forming a smaller and smaller circle that, so that we could talk to each other and, and, and not be bothered. Yeah. And then in the end, what happened is someone out of nowhere grabbed me by my shoulder and turned me round and went, "Let's have a fucking picture, pal." Like that. <laughs> and I thought, well. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm really sorry. You didn't say excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't said please. Yeah. Um, you're being really rude. I'm talking to my friend. And, that, and, then, I, and I literally just walked home. Because right. it, it, that, that, that's when it, that's when think it, it becomes when unbearable. And, um, you know, the, what there aren't is rumours of me with three women kissing <laughs> each other. <laughs> I know a rumour about him that I can't relate. <laughs> what he likes to do. Oh, do you? Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Well, usually at least he goes in a car and does the stuff he's doing. But anyway, well, that's uh, true. But, um, <laughs> at least he goes that's inside. That's if we're talking about the same person. Uh, we may be, we may yeah, not be. Yeah, There's could be, lots could of different man who likes to. No, uh, no. But yeah, I mean, it is. I know, I'm quite, quite happy to give piggybacks to my fans, to my actual fan. <laughs> but could you ask me for? Because I've got quite a bad back, well, so, so I just need to. I just need to. Yeah, excuse, excuse me. me. May I have please. a piggyback? A small yeah. piggyback. I yeah. go. Yes, let's give it a go. I mean, you are a grown man, and I'm quite old now. I don't know if you've realised this. I've had lower back problems. <laughs> don't jump on someone's back without asking. It's a good rule of thumb for most of my fans. But no, most, but many of them will have people. tried. Yeah. It's not just your fans that should observe that. 
I mean, we should broaden it out to all of humanity, not just, you know. <laughs> Let's start small and try and work yeah. on... <laughs> the tiny acorns. <laughs> the strange cases who come here. Um, and you've been heavily involved... Let's talk about this, because this is really exciting. You've been heavily involved in the Twitter joke trial. The Twitter with, joke uh, trial, yeah. I was uh, very much involved in that. Um, and we won, which is the most... Which is just brilliant. I don't know if you all know what Eventually. it is. Eventually. Do we know what the story is? Paul no. Chambers, as, as a guy, as a, as a, he's, I mean, it, it, you know, he's now not a regular Joe. He's now some bloke at the centre of a massive course celebre. Paul met a girl on, uh, met a girl on Twitter um, called, whose crazy colours she called herself, and they fell in love via the internet in the tragic way that people do these days. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to go and see her, and the airport was closed, and he, he looked from... He was at home when he did this. This is the other thing that people keep getting wrong. He was at home when he did this. He was at home, and he saw that Robin Hood Airport was closed. He was in Doncaster. So, I mean, really, we need... That mystery needs unraveling. <laughs> 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 the, the Sheriff of Doncaster. Yeah, laughing. <laughs> There's a lot of claims for Robin Hood all up the north of the country. <laughs> it's really there funny. Is the Yorkshire's been a big but he tweeted, it was closed because of snow, and he tweeted, crap, Rob, crap, exclamation mark, very important, the exclamation mark became an important point of law. Right. right? <laughs> crap, Robin Hood Airport is closed, you have a week and a half to get your shit together or I'm blowing the place sky high, right? Now, that is, I don't know, anyone here, if anyone here thinks that that is a valid terror threat, right? <laughs> and his name was on it. Yeah. <laughs> He had 600 followers. <laughs> he didn't send it to the airport, so he no. didn't at it to the airport. But what happened was that weekend, um, an off-duty security guy at the airport um, was looking on Twitter for mentions of Robin Hood Airport. <laughs> <laughs> off-duty. Do you think he was getting a lot of stuff about Robin Hood? What the fuck is Robin Hood Airport doing in Doncaster? It's 98% of his Twitter feed. And... <laughs> <laughs> And he found this thing, and he thought, oh, that's, you know, blowing it sky high. I mean, the yeah. fact is, it's a week and a half to get your shit together as well. That is not... <laughs> that's not a threat. Very threatening, is it? You know, I mean, I mean, there's never a... You know, in James Bond, the timer doesn't have a week and a half on it. <laughs> Tick, ticking down. Anyway, he... he and, and, and this guy passed it on to his superior, who said, well, it's obviously not a, not a serious, not a valid, there's no valid threat in it. I, I can't remember exactly the words he used, the formulation he used in his... Assessment of it was yeah. this isn't a credible. Isn't a credible threat is what he said. Yeah. Passes it on to the West Yorkshire Police, who and they go, oh well, we don't do terror, so they passed it on to the terror unit, right. and the terror unit, well, well this, this is no good, and uh, and it went, and they wanted to nick him for a bomb hoax, and the bomb hoax law applies to telephone bomb hoaxes where you ring up the stand and you go, there's a bomb here. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, and then, and then the, next, the next thing you know, he's at, he's, he was a trainee account, the next thing he knows, he's at work. The police turn up and arrest him on a terrorism charge, right, for sending a malicious communication under two thousand electronic communication under the 2003 um, uh, Act, which is a piece of Blairite legislation that was created after 9-11 when there were all those profoundly unpleasant websites yeah. urging jihad and showing that film over and over again, all those sort of things. It's to stop that. I mean, to actually... To, to, in my view, to stamp out free speech. Disgusting, vile, hideous free speech, yeah. but free speech nevertheless, which is... The, and the great, I always think the great thing about free speech is if you're disgusting and vile and say so, everyone can see that you're disgusting <laughs> and vile. And that's the brilliance of free speech, is, yeah. that it, is, that it's, tra- is its transparency. Anyway, Paul was, was arrested, he was charged, he was, he was convicted at magistrate's court, fined £1,000, lost his job, um, then when it went to appeal, he lost another job because the, the other firm didn't want this thing on their hands. Yeah. He lost it at the county uh, crown court, and then we went, and then I, and I got involved just around then because I heard about it and thought this yeah. is interesting and and awful. And then I did a gig. We did a gig in London. And Stephen Fry turned up, and, uh, and Stephen Fry has, has been majorly involved. And I th- as far as I could tell, bankrolled the whole thing. Yeah. Although we we've been Paul's been awarded his costs. So so in the end, it's just the taxpayer that's had to <laughs> cough up for this farrago of fucking nonsense. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway. So we went. We did an appeal in um, February this year. Uh, to two to two judges, and this is at the Royal Courts of Justice, as high as you know, as high as you, well, not quite as high as you can get, but it really is. Royal Courts of Justice is like a, is like a Victorian cathedral of law. It's the most extraordinary place. You're supposed to be in awe when you go there, 
and you, you work your way through them, and Leveson was in the court opposite, so it was very busy. And, and uh, Unfortunately, the first appeal at the High Court, uh, the uh, Royal Courts of Justice, was in, was in Court 27, which is like, very like somewhere you go and pick up a residence parking permit. <laughs> it's, got, it's got no grandeur, no majesty. And, and we, we, um, that appeal was made on, under the Europe, uh, there's the Human Rights Act that the Blair government enacted, which is our, you know, which is the dreaded human rights um, thing, and the, 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 the right-wing tabloids don't like, and they don't they don't like it because it's come from Europe. Um, the legal profession, and there's probably lawyers who know a lot more about this than me. The legal profession don't really like it because English statute, um, work, uh, English law works basically on a set of things you can't do that, that have come up along the way. Where uh, uh, you know, it's yeah. like I went to the Falkland Islands once, and there's a sign on the minefields that says, um, uh, and in fact. When you arrive, the first thing you do is a minefield briefing. The first thing they say is it's illegal to drive um, sheep onto the minefield. There's only one reason that rule exists. <laughs> it's because someone's done it. I know, this would be a real gas. And English common law and statute law is built up along that way, with Acts of Parliament as well, but it's, that's how it's developed. Whereas European law which is, you know, from the Code Napoleon and all this sort of stuff. Europe, the European rights law says, well, you have a right to this and you have a right to that. Not don't do this, don't do that, and then you can do everything else yeah. in between. And so the, the, the legal collision is between these open-ended statutes. And Article 10 of the Human Rights Act is a right to freedom of expression, which we don't have in this country. Right. <laughs> no, but we also don't have prescriptions on expression, apart from our mental libel law, right? So... So there, our first appeal, we came in with article, Paul's Article 10 rights to freedom of expression. And basically, the, 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 right now, the legal profession, re, the, the, the courts really don't want to get to grips with European law because it reads, basically reads badly in the papers. You know, yeah. they, don't want to, you know, they don't want bonkers Euro law, um, free speech, bloke blowing up airport win. They don't, want, yeah. they, they don't want it to look like that. So anyway, that first appeal, two judges, deadlock. We, three months, they came back and said, well, we can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> and you know this guy's life's on hold. Yeah, he went to live with Sarah, um, uh, and she lives in Belfast. And so you know he's he moved to Belfast with a terror conviction. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't love grand, I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the second appeal, we had Lord Chief Justice Judge, who's the who's the you know the Lord Chief Justice. Obviously, he'd got wind of this thing, and that the, the law essentially was making a complete dick of itself. I mean, really out and out making a fool yeah, of itself. Yeah, yeah. And especially as the, the, the act was drawn up in 2003, Twitter was created in 2006. So there's, the, you know, a, a, a yawning chasm between the intention of the law, which was, which I think is bullshit anyway, and, the, and, you know, things that have happened since. The internet's yeah, yeah. developing at such speed. Twitter's evolving. Twitter's changing even now, you know, like um, the way people behave on Twitter. A anyway, so we, the second appeal... We didn't bother talking about his free speech rights. We approached it completely as a criminal matter under English criminal law, um, and that's how we got him off. Right. Uh, or rather, the lawyers got him off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they were saying, I'm well, this, yeah, is yeah, what, yeah, yeah. this is what we like think, it. but what does our money, the pub landlord, what would the pub landlord say about it? <laughs> Every man in this country <laughs> has a right to fill his air and lungs with English air and make a complete cunt of himself. <laughs> We agree, we, have a, we overlap there. But, um, Shouldn't have done it, though, the prick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's been really interesting is on Twitter, and I'd be tweeting from court, and they let, you know, the Lord Chief Justice, he's pretty groovy, he understands. I mean, he, he seems to come from a, from a legal tradition that wants less law in general, because then there's less stupid... He seems to come from there. And I, you yeah. know, I, I, kind of, I kind of sympathetic to that, because the, the Blair government enacted, um, I think it's 3,000 new offences in the 13 years it was in, right. or the new, new Labour government. One of them is, um, includes... Uh, it's do you know this? Get this. This will stop you doing it. It's, <laughs> it's illegal to detonate a nuclear weapon in a city. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that fucking brilliant isn't it <laughs> oh well I won't do it then <laughs> if only what I'd if... known it wasn't illegal before <laughs> I'd have been there in 1993 what? and they've, they've come out with that piece of law not because someone's done it before like the sheep going on the you know, yeah. so, and, and as if they're going to be able to nick you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to arrest some vapour <laughs> well I don't want to ruin the end of uh, the Batman film but um <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, but we, we, he got off. He won. But on uh, during the trial, I first of all have people going, "Your feed is fuck boring, right?" Yeah. And, and you know, and and then you'd have a bloke going, lots of people going, "Tell me what is this Twitter joke trial?" You know, with a hashtag, and it'd be like, "Well, you know what? Right now." Google it. <laughs> Follow the hashtag. Don't ask me. You know, I'm reporting on this yeah. from court. And then other people going, you shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't joke about that. It's out of order. It's like if he was in the queue at the airport and said, yeah, I've got a bomb in my bag. And then I'd say, well, he did, but he didn't do that, right? But he didn't do that. And anyway, in that situation, they do exercise discretion. I mean, my yeah. father has gone through with his pocket knife, forgot, had his big stupid... I'm very practical um, <laughs> chap. For, it's for picking stones out of my shoes, you know. Uh, he took his no- pocket knife through, and they and they and they they actually in the end let him keep it, you know. Because he was a stupid old bastard and not in <laughs> 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 a danger only to himself. <laughs> <laughs> You've met my father. <laughs> You're not saying anything. But we won, and the main. The, it's brilliant. We won, and the thing is, is. Is we won and uh, and it was the day before the Olympics started and it was really br- you know because it it it, it really sp- it, I mean I, I don't know I'm a, I'm a bit of a student of the Cold War now I've got very interested in East Germany and, and and how that how that place used to operate and I, after the we'd won I went onto the World at One on Radio Four and this security expert advisor comes on she's going well you know you've got basically you've got to watch what you say I think this ruling is completely out of order and in the end you feel like. I, you know, I felt like saying to her, "Well, can you write me a list then of what I'm allowed, <laughs> of what I'm allowed to say and what I'm allowed to joke about?" And then you, you, you've revealed yourself as, as, as a wannabe Stasi, and we we can get on with living in a in a police state. And I don't think we live in a police state. I think we live in something nothing like one. I think we yeah. live in a cock up and a shambles, which is <laughs> fine by me. But 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 it, you know, the, the, the tendency there's this there's this sort of authoritarian tendency to, to you know to want to shut people up, which I think. You know, and also, Doncaster Airport don't like terrorists. They shouldn't have named their airport uh, after, after one. one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, a, he was a freedom fighter. He was a freedom fighter. I mean, in Northern Ireland, they've named one after an alcoholic dead footballer. <laughs> George Best Airport, I just love that. He's such a role model. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll ask these questions before I forget because we might yeah. get into something else. Uh, I'm asking all of my guests. Yeah. This isn't just because I know of the kind of your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to, oh yeah, if you had to do it, you're yeah. being forced to do it. Which animal? If you can choose any animal. Which animal would you have sex with? It can be a species or a particular animal that you a, like. A dozing Labrador. <laughs> really? Mm, Labradors are cute. Yeah. <laughs> I could go with a Labrador. Yeah. They have to be asleep, though. That's a bit suspicious. I want to catch them by surprise. Well, all right. Well, well no, see, I don't I think it's possible. To, I don't think it's possible to uh, to rape or. I can't work out what I think. I tried to you have don't this know conversation if it's with rape an animal. Uh, yeah, or not rape an animal because an animal. I tried to have this conversation with Susan Campbell. I was a bit ill. It didn't come out right. Uh, that's my excuse. Uh, but animals don't have any animals don't have any moral systems. So it's not possible to yes, rape an animal. They don't have, have a moral they don't system. Have, they, <laughs> They don't or maybe, the, or maybe you're demonstrating amply that you don't. They don't, have, they don't have the ability to consent or not. They might look like they're up for it. Well, if they, they don't, uh, if if they're they're they don't asleep, have the, the ability to consent, then you have to assume that they have not consented. Okay. I think the law... <laughs> I'm no expert, as I've demonstrated well, already. You're doing pretty well. But it's not... It's no. not... Because they're just animals. It's all right. <laughs> What about what if I had to go to the if I'd raped an ant? Yeah, right. Oh, well, no, and that's, I went, different. that's different. And I went to and, and I was at the right. high court, and they were all arguing. And people going, "He just raped an ant." And they go, "No, it's still raping an ant." I'd, I'd be. And on... I say the ant consented, or it can't consent. <laughs> I, I tried to make it consent, and it would. <laughs> I tried to do my best I could to organise some kind of language. It's, it's irrelevant. The ant's pretty much dead now. <laughs> Surely it should be the murder of the ant that I should be up against. Well, no one would well, care if you yeah, killed rape, an ant. Rape and murder yeah. of an ant. You're going down for a very long time. <laughs> and and, and the, the, I don't know which bit of prison they're going to put you in. It's a very special wing on your own. No. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good I mean, point. you'd be reviled by the other cons as well. <laughs> Slaggy raped and killed an ant. <laughs> it is. Um, I feel, I feel chast- chastened and chastised, whatever the word is. And if you had to have sex with a, do- oh. with a Doctor Who alien, it has to be an alien. 
which one which one would you choose because you like Doctor Who don't you I you do are. like a bit I think um, well uh, oh god well that's are well. there any of the aliens you find particularly sexy or just well, those, would be well the a thing challenge? is the thing is is now that everything in Doctor <laughs> Who's but now everything in Doctor Who's meant to be sexy since it, yeah. since it came back you're supposed to want to fuck all of it <laughs> <laughs> I mean and all of it you know yeah. like and I think the the the, the cat lady nurses oh, none the cat lady nun nurses were hot because they were they were cats, right? Yeah, they're nurses. Then they're nurses and they're nuns. <laughs> I mean, that's three uniforms and and a, two uniforms and a, and a, and a bristly tongue. <laughs> yeah, you know, the second person. I can't remember who else went for the cats. The cat. It might have been Janet Ellis. Huh? Susan Calvin, was it? Oh, right. okay. So we've got experts on there. People, there are people making notes of which. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, canon. You're generating a whole set a, of podcast canon. It's a complicated psychological test. I think. I think by doing this, there probably does reveal something. I had a dream last night. I had a really weird dream last mm. night, where um, I was with my first ever girlfriend. Right. Uh, but my wife was in the house, and I was talking to my first ever girlfriend about how I loved her. Yeah. But my wife was in the house, and my wife overheard me telling my. Yeah first ever girlfriend that I loved right. and was justly annoyed. Uh, and, but then she oh, was right. so annoyed. The, but then, that's the, 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 but then so this, bit of the dream. So that was the go. sort of the weird yeah. bit. I haven't told her that bit yet, so no one tell her that bit because that will annoy The rest of it's kind that's of right. she more doesn't surreal. Listen to this. She doesn't listen, so we'll be fine. Uh, but then she was so annoyed that she got, she put her, set, her soul and psyche into a doll, like a little Cindy doll, <laughs> and then attempted to drown herself. Uh, and I had to rescue this kind of Cindy doll thing. <laughs> From out of the pool. That's brilliant. And then she wouldn't forgive me, so I broke all the legs off and put it in a pile. <laughs> now I thought, that's right, I'll go marry my first girlfriend. That's, that's what, fantastic. What do you think that means? Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that means that you need to seek relief for that. <laughs> Blimey, I don't it's know. Disturbing, isn't it? That's disturbing. I, I dreamt last night that um, I was back at uh, uni and had um, not seen on the notice board what history class, what history tutorial I had that week, <laughs> so I didn't know what my work was. Yeah. And real, real panic. Yeah. I woke up all panicked about it. And it's I not, often not, dream about the, that. Not, not really. The, not as good as the, the doll, the no, soul, no, and no. the wife's soul in a doll. No, but yours is silly, clearly some sort of relationship yeah. anxiety. Of well, I don't, you know, kind. my... But it... I th- <laughs> I'm very happy with my wife. I wouldn't lo- like your to wedding, go. Your my, wedding was lovely. It was. I'm very happy. My first girlfriend. You know, I don't. I can't work out in the dream if she was the same age as she was when I went out with her, which right, would make it a lot see. worse. Yeah. <laughs> or whether she'd grown up now because she's a lot. You know, she's the same age as me. My first yeah. girlfriend. Well, obviously, a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. Um, so. How old was she when you met her? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a consent question. It was all right because we never had. We never had sex. Right, well. We went out each other for th- nearly three years and never had sex. Never got anywhere near it's having funny sex. funny how the, you do that when you're young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth did you do? Is that what I think? I just argued a lot about yeah, right. not being allowed to touch her breasts. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was mainly what we did. It was a wonderful time. Um, but that's, yeah, that's weird. I dream about history finals a lot. Yeah. Because it was the only exams I wasn't really prepared for. Though sometimes I do for A-levels, which I was very prepared for. But I dream I'm taking my A-levels now. I'm taking yeah. my history finals now. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I don't know anything about any of the subjects. Yeah, I, I've, yeah the, very my exam dream is sitting down and, and it's... An, it, I did a history degree like Rich. And uh, mine is that I'm having to sit an English degree. Oh, right, OK. And <laughs> what the cock is this? So you know? you'd be all right. Because you, you're still interested in history, we could get onto yeah. that. But I don't really... I don't really I'm not interested yeah. in anything anymore. Yeah. So like if I did a history... I'm not interested uh, in anything <laughs> anymore. I'm interested in is trying to get my, the soul of my wife into a doll and then see if I can... I think it's because there is... I think what perpetuated the, the doll bit was that I noticed there's another... Po- my poster has me as a doll, basically, doesn't it, with my penis removed, yeah, yeah. which says a lot. Uh, and uh, But there's another poster for another show with two girls who are like Cindy dolls with their heads on Cindy yeah. dolls. So I noticed that they were quite similar... Right, so, so you've got dolls sort of going around in your head. Yeah, I think that's what the dolls was about. Okay. I don't think I want my wife's soul in a do- It was scary. She was drowning in a big pool. I was having to pull her out of this pool. I saved her and then uh, broke her. You just then I broke her legs. So you need to write, there were doll was, legs. You need to write this up as a short story and yeah. publish it in a slim volume with a black cover. You're going <laughs> to clean up, pal. But, you know, I'm not very well, so it's kind of... You have these kind of weird... I mean, I mean 
physically not well. I'm not very well in my brain, clearly. <laughs> so you are you are very interested. You're working on a history project now. Is yes, I'm working well that? two on two actually. We're going to do a thing about um, making a program about Burma, about 14th Army in Burma. I don't know if anyone. No, they were called the Forgotten Army. No one even knows about it. It's the biggest army we had in the Second World War. One and a half million men fighting the Japanese in Burma. An incredibly inhospitable. Uh, I, I, the, the statistic, the, my one statistic I'll bother you with, bore you with about this is in October of 1944, when we basically defeated the Japanese, waiting for the weather to improve so we could finally push them out of Burma. Uh, six hundred. We had six, uh, an army of one and a half million men. We had six hundred battle casualties that month, but a quarter of a million soldiers in hospital with malaria. Wow. Uh, and the sheer scale of that thing, of it, ter- of it turning over and the, running that army, is, <coughs> it, it, it's, it's fascinating. And also, it was, it was a, it was a multicultural army, li- literally, because it was the Indian Army, the Gurkhas, and the British contingents. Yeah. And the, the, the Indian Army, because of the, in- you know, the, st- the Indi- you know how the Indian Mutiny started, don't you? Of course you do. The Indian Mutiny. Don't remember anything. <laughs> The Indian Mutiny started because because the, the the new rifle that was issued they had to they had to wax the cartridge the cartridge was waxed before you put it in the rifle they had to bite the the cartridge and a rumor got round amongst the Hindus that it had been dipped in put in uh, uh, beef fat right. in lard and it went round amongst the Muslim troops that had been uh, waxed in pork fat <laughs> so they they ace basically wouldn't bite it, wouldn't bite the cartridge to put it in. And this caused, this caused a massive uprising, rebellion in, um, in India. And, and, and there's a trigger event where one British officer got his sergeant major forward, uh, his, his sepoy sergeant major, and made him bite the cartridge in front of, like, 2,000 troops, who then, who then completely fucking kicked off. Right. And so by World War II, what, what the, how the British ran the Indian army is that in a battalion, which is three companies of infantrymen, They'd have a Hindu battalion, a Sikh battalion, and a Muslim battalion. So they couldn't, like, all gang up together and go off in their own direction. So the, the, the logistic thing of it was they had to have three f- kinds of food right. come through. The battalion commander, lieutenant colonel, had to be able to speak all three or four or five languages of the men in his thing, yeah. in his battalion. So the complexity of it is really, is really, really fascinating. You're fight, they're fighting in these disgusting conditions with illness and everything. And then having to do that as well, and yeah. I, I, you know, we don't, and we don't know about it because we know about D-Day, you know, if we know about anything at all. So that we're doing a program about about that because and because we can go to Burma now. You couldn't go to Burma. You couldn't go and film there. It was impossible. Quite a lot of my guests have been talking about the old Burma World War Two <laughs> thing. So that's why that's why people drifted off a little bit. They've heard quite a lot. It's really they've, interesting. They've heard quite a lot about it. It's incredibly so it's interesting. Mostly there. I've been watching a lot of Colditz. I've watched the whole series of Colditz. Oh, good, isn't it? Up here. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? That's David McCallum's fantastic. He's isn't brilliant. It? He's fantastic, and uh, he's not afraid to play a shit. Pl- afraid to play a shit. <laughs> he's is a, well, they're all they're all kind of strange guys in there. Yeah. Some of them, some of the episodes are genuinely brilliant. Mm. Some of them aren't as good as others. But what you don't have in Colditz, though, is the, the, what must have been the bloke in the corner just wanking. <laughs> 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 We're not going to get out of here. What's the <laughs> point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there must have been some, mustn't there? Would you think you'd cope well in uh, Coldest because you're an up, you're a public no, school, upper class, public school? No, I don't, think I, no, I don't think I would have at all. Were you from Aris, the aristocrat? <laughs> no, I'm you're not. An, you are. You're I'm an aristocrat. Not. I'm not an aristocrat. Fucking. You're the great no, great grandson yeah. of the fourth Earl of Bedford no, or no, something. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're the Holy Grail. I you know, am. No, I mean no. I'm no, no. I don't think I'd have coped. You went to public school though. I did go to public. So that's like being in Colditz. That's what they said. They were all public school boys, basically. When they were, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All the because they were all the officers. Well, that's what Stephen Fry says because he he was sent. He went to Borstal, didn't he? And he said it was like being at boarding school. So it wasn't really any hardship. No, I don't know. I don't think I'd have coped with Colditz. No, it's quite tough. I think it's pretty tough. And you'd have been through. You'd have been. You'd have been through something terrible getting there yeah. as well. I mean, you know, flying a bomber and being shot down, I'd just pretty unpleasant. try and be really annoying and hope they'd let me go home. <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I think there's no doubt they'd, you'd get home. <laughs> Asking the camp commandant if it's rape with an ant. <laughs> I do not know, Mr. Herring. <laughs> Sophia has not pronounced on this yet. <laughs> I'd only want to go to the TV cold it's because it's not the real one. Well, and those walls, you could probably you know, <laughs> kick them over and get out. <laughs> I like, is it Bernard Hepton? Is that the name yeah. of the guy? He's, he's really not. He, I really love that character. Cause he's well, like and then Secret honorable. Army, which is the thing you did yeah. after that, is amazing. That's yeah. an amazing programme. Um, 
you know, Burma was enough for everybody. Mainly talking about Colditz uh, in this Edinburgh Fringe podcast and uh, the World War Two going on there. The audience a bit disappointed. But, I'm writing, with, uh, but I am doing some other history yeah, stuff. Yeah, what's the, you're doing something Well, I'm else. writing a book about why I'm interested in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, you, know, one... you say, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fabulous. That's oh, what, fuck. That's my first... <laughs> I've just listened to him talking about it for ten minutes. You have to read a whole fucking book full of the shit now. Oh no, fabulous. He said fabulous. He said it was good. Can I take you back to my publishers? <laughs> yes, so you please. So you think, think you say so you don't want that bigger fat book though, that like a thinner book with less words in. Tell them <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell, uh, lots of pictures. Okay, I can definitely deliver that. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down chunks. What's the, what's the book? It's called be Watching like? War Films with My Dad. Because uh. my dad, I grew up with a, my father was a soldier for a bit, and then I grew up sort of with army stuff and military history. And but he can't, you can't watch a war film with him because he he just goes, well, they're too close together. Um, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't get, you know, the officers wearing binoculars. He, he wouldn't do that because then he'd be they'd, they'd kill him because they know he's an officer, you know, and all this stuff. And it and it's really wearying. It, 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 and there's the, the you know the, the classic war movie, A Bridge Too Far, which is which is you know a, a, a good enough shoehorning of events into three hours, and it's okay historically. It's you know it's not meant to be historically accurate. It's meant to be a film, right? Uh, and I, and he took me to see that when it came out because he knew a lot of people who were there who'd been in his who'd been his senior officers when he'd started out. So he knew a lot of people with experience. We went to see it, and um, when I was eight, when it came out. <laughs> And there's a, scene, there's a scene when Frost and his men are on the bridge and they're being attacked and this tank comes over the bridge, right, and starts blowing the houses, house, houses up that they're in. And the thing is, it's the wrong tank in the film. It's, a, it's not a panther. It's a, a leopard from the 70s. But it doesn't matter. It's, it simply doesn't matter. It's what happened and they couldn't get a panther because they'd all been destroyed. You know, it's, it's completely unreasonable to expect it. Anyway, I was eight and I'm like, this is amazing. And my dad, he just couldn't help himself. He leant over and went, it's the wrong tank. <laughs> <laughs> and spell broken, yep. movie over. And, and the thing is, but I've inherited that now, and I, I, I do that all the You know, Band of Brothers, I know the guy who did the vehicles for Band of Brothers, he's told me how he did them and everything, but the problem is, it's because of the way they did them, the driver's sitting on the wrong side. So that tiger tank, when it comes around the corner, the driver's on the wrong side. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's completely inaccurate. It's, it's wrong. And so uh, the book's kind of about uh, inheriting that mentality. Yeah. And st- interesting stories from history. Cool. Sounds fantastic. Look, we're going to break for some comedy. <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> it's good to be talking seriously, especially. I'm, I'm interested. I'm sitting back. I could have a little sleep. Uh, so, uh, will you please call You look like you need rest? one. I do. <laughs> I'm fucked. Uh, so, we've got five minutes to stand up. Will you please welcome the amazing Celia Paquila? Please. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Have a nice little sleep. Um, hello, how are you? Good? Um, I will apologise. It is we are at the sort of three-way mark, a three-week mark of the festival, so I do apologise if I'm sounding a bit um, Australian. Can you hear that? <laughs> Hang on. <coughs> hello. No, it's still there. I'm really sorry about that. Um, I've been living in the UK for two years now, so I almost feel integrated here. Like, um, I own my own pair of Wellingtons. Yeah. Yeah. And I laughed at someone who ran for the bus and missed it. <laughs> Welcome me as one of your own. To be honest, I'm so bad at travelling. In two years, the best thing I've seen, honestly, the best thing, is I saw a man in a crowd put his coat on too fast and accidentally punch a stranger in the face. (laughs) Ha! Who wants to touch me? It was amazing. Uh, And I know it's not a big deal being here as an Australian, right? But when I left home, everyone was like, oh, my God, it's so brave. So brave moving to another country. See, it's really brave what you're doing. I'm like, is it? It's not like I flew with Ryanair. What? Yeah, take that Ryanair. I don't know. I've never flown with them. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Our budget airline is called Tiger. Tiger. Tiger Airways, which is the dumbest. If you had an airline, why would you name it after an animal that can't fly and kills people? I mean, I have done some brave stuff. Like one day I got a big pile of money, right? And I just burnt it. Oh, sorry. I joined a gym. Joined a gym. <laughs> I don't know what those guys are talking about. I'm never going to go. It just was weighing me down. Um, do you know, so, oh, good. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to go. That's fucking it. Having a go at gyms. Get off. Oh, God. So, um, do you know what? I know there's a lot 
sort of important. I just want to talk about some, some silly things. Is that all right? Sort of a Monday afternoon thing. I have a very vivid memory. Like, I've always been more interested in little things that don't mean anything, right? I have a very vivid memory when I was a kid. The first time I saw someone put their finger through the flame of a candle without burning themselves. Does anyone remember that? Like, I now know it's because if you do it fast, you won't burn your finger. But then I didn't. They were like, hey, Celia, check this out. Fine. And I was a little kid, and I just remember seeing that and thinking, oh. Everything I've been told is a lie. <laughs> I just wanted to run home, sit in an armchair, wait. Door opens. Hello, mother. <laughs> we need to talk. Should I, a child of seven, touch fire? He said, no, Celia, of course you shouldn't. You'll burn yourself. Liar! <laughs> Lies! What else is a lie, Mum? Hmm? What else have you been lying to me about? You've been rumbled about this. What else has been going on here, huh? Have you been uh, keeping me away from strangers because they'll tell me the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea how much time I've wasted walking with scissors? <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, uh, I, will, I will just finish up. I thought Monday afternoon I thought to a nice sort of story. Um, I'm in a long-distance relationship, which is quite a long thing to say, so I just call it doomed. Because um, that's what everyone else calls it. They think you're crazy. Particularly if you think it's going well, people can't handle it. Like if you say to someone, I'm in a long-distance relationship, but you know what? We're actually doing really well. You might as well say to them, I'm going to open a shop that sells mustard and pine cones. Because <laughs> I go, of course you are. She's lost it. And uh, he's very nice. He's a comedy improviser, which is great because we never run out of things to talk about. It's excellent. If there's ever a lull in the conversation, I just go, um, you're a cowboy in a pet shop. Go. And he just <laughs> does a sketch for five minutes. It's lovely. Um, and he's come over here to the UK um, one time to have sex. Visit me. <laughs> And uh, we wanted to do something special, so we went to Paris. Um, But we didn't want to do any, like, touristy shit, so we went to the Eiffel Tower. Um, It doesn't matter if you haven't been to the Eiffel Tower. The funniest thing I found about it, right, is it was just packed, okay? It was rammed full of couples trying to out-in-love each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Every couple there wanted to appear the most romantic and the most in love couple. And I get it, because Paris is a very romantic place. And everyone wants to be able to say, ah... Remember when we went to Paris? We were so in love. You know, no one wants to say, ah, remember when we went to Paris? When my passive aggression met your muted hostility? <laughs> and neither of us could admit that the entire trip was just a band-aid over the widening chasm of loathing and hatred between us. Oh, wonderful cheese. So I get it. I just noticed it because I went to hold uh, Toby's hand, that's his name, and I saw another couple see that and, like, stand spooning, like, grab each other and go, Meh. and then I saw another couple see them and were like, we see your standing spoon and we raise you a dip kiss. And did one of those things. Like, everyone was laughing too loud and saying stuff over their shoulder just so everyone could hear it. You know, they're like, ah, ha, ha, you're so funny. Ha, 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 it's like the first day that we met. Ha, ha, they were going to make a film about our love, but they couldn't because there were no sad bits. Ah. <laughs> and, um... In amongst all of this bullshit and all these people putting on an act and putting on a show, um, Toby and I got engaged. Oh, thank you. I mean, we didn't want to. We're just really competitive. <laughs> I don't think any woman in the history of the world has ever said, of course I'll marry you, immediately followed by, suck it! <laughs> in your face, dip kiss. Winners. If I could have spontaneously had a baby, I would have. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, look at what our love has created. <laughs> We shall name him Love Child, yes. Sorry, what? Oh, this? Oh, it's just a spontaneous love baby. (laughs) Do you not have those? Oh. It's okay, you can have this one. That's fine. They happen all the time, you see. So much love. Um, You've been so absolutely wonderful. There is more to that story, but I do just have to tell you that we didn't get engaged because um, he's getting annoyed with that, (laughs) with me (laughs) telling the world and his family that we are. Um, uh, (laughs) I really have a visual joke that I'll just do for you, because I don't want to get married, neither does he, like right now, okay? But I think it's funny to say things to him like, I'm cold, and he goes, do you want my jacket? And I go, no, no, I'm cold just here. (laughs) Just, just here. (laughs) Visual, going to work excellently. Um, you know, it's the weirdest thing. Everywhere else, perfect temperature. Just this part on this ring finger, is that what it's called? Weird? Brr. If only there was like a tiny metal scarf. <laughs> uh, I've been Celia. Thank you so much. Enjoy your festival. Awesome.
Go see. I don't know if she get, did she say when she was on? I don't know if she did, but she's go and see her wherever she is on. She is good. Where are you on, Celia? <laughs> Gilded Gilded balloon balloon at seven, then you can just seven. go across to the other belly at eight fifteen. <laughs> Perfect. Which means I can see the show as well. So there we go. So I may come this. Or week you could come, you know, over to uh, yeah. Where George are you on Square Assembly? Yeah, no one goes there anymore. Granddad, that's where. <laughs> oh, the cool oh, kids bit, are at the other belly. Then how come my show sold out? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of squares in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> and not that many cool kids. <laughs> Got to be really cool to come to my show. Um, uh, before this show, I was kind of. I, this happens every Edinburgh, though. Mm. I've done, this is like my twenty-first Edinburgh. How many of you? How many of you? Edinburgh well, I, I first came in eighty-eight, but yeah. I, a bit. I, and then I did ten, ten or eleven, and then I and then I took the early two thousands off. Yeah, yeah. So because because I had. Family, you know, children, yeah. and it just seemed wrong. Weakness. But that is, that is showed you showed you a weak. I did. I buckled. I <laughs> You've got to fight through that. Uh, 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 <laughs> you know, well, you know, uh, uh, and but I've started coming back because yeah. So I've, you know, been hi- been coming here, yeah, more than t- nearly twenty five years. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, it's twenty five years for me. Yeah, because I came the year before you, so I'm one. That's yeah. so I'm beat you there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but I actually on the way down to Esther, I'm not going to do it anymore. Really? Yeah, but I do that every Edinburgh. I do. Not I do anymore. I just kind of thought. I just. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. What would these people do, do at two o'clock in the afternoon if you're <laughs> if you're not here? I'm too tired. You're and Ill. Filling, I'm going to kill myself. You're filling a, you're <laughs> filling a much it? needed gap in these people's <laughs> lives. I am like a counsellor of a kind. For uh, so I bring them together. Some people have fallen in love here. These two. They, share, they now share the same surname. They love each other so much. Um, uh, but, you know, I probably will come back. But I always feel that towards... Do you, do you feel that? Do you get, like, tired and frustrated with it? Or it just, it's so long, and like, we're so old. Well, no, but I haven't done the full run. Uh, uh, that's might been my solution, is to do, fort, do a fortnight. Um, uh, although, actually, I was in Scotland for two weeks before I got here. So right. doing the Hebrides and all that, doing, oh, nice. doing the Highlands and Islands stuff for fun. Um <laughs> <laughs> Some of it was fun. Some of it <laughs> was very odd. <laughs> um, everyone goes, oh, it'll be just like the Wicker Man. And then it is. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know be wanting your tea, Mr. May. <laughs> it's all that. Like, why are you talking to me like that? It's a very, very strange place. Loch Boysdale on South Oist. Oist? 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 You see? Yeah, that was a peculiar place. A hotel by a ferry port. Uh, but yeah, were you gigging um, or just gigging, on? gigging, yeah. gigging? Yeah, yeah, doing you know village halls, and th- that was what was really interesting about the, the the island gigs is the front row thing is very different because in an anonymous city gig you can get someone to tell you stuff about themselves, you can give them a nickname, you can you can tickle them up and it will go away. If you're playing Barrow Village Hall with eighty people in it and there's only a thousand people on the island and you go. Who are you? He is related to the bloke. There. <laughs> they are, they are cousins. And if you go, if you cast aspersion on their profession, the whole room, then you, they will. You, and you know, I gave one bloke a nickname, and and the thought, well, that's probably that might <laughs> now stick <laughs> for thirty years in the place he lives. You know, go have, back uh, in thirty years. Yeah, and find I, well, maybe, maybe. Have I done a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing here? Terrible, you know, a terrible, terrible thing. thing. But it was really good fun. But no, I, I don't know. I. I I love coming to the Fringe. I think it's amazing. I think my experience of it is completely... Di- you know, it used to be absolutely essential yeah. to what I wanted to do and to being trying to be creative and all those sort of things. It's not now. I do it for fun and as a luxury. I haven't come here to make money. Yes, lucky. Uh, I, no, well, no, but, you but, will. but I don't... But, but I never did. No. I haven't come here to make money. I've come here re- literally to have fun because it's really good fun and and... That's that. That's it. And it was a, three years ago. I got a re- I got a review that said I'd you know I'd come to Edinburgh to re- regain my credibility or something. And you think, well, could you ask me why <laughs> before you before you put that in a review? And I'd come to have fun. You if know. you haven't come for money, can I have some of your money? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've spent it on fucking coming here. It's all gone. It's oh, all well, gone on fine wine. Never mind. We'll find we'll find money. Need, money's not important, right? It's, it's the luck, creating laugh, making ninety people laugh. In a 410-seat venue. That is what is important. 
So um, that is that's the greatest thrill, thrill in the world, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That, it's that thrill. It's a beautiful thrill. Right, we're going to do a competition now. Uh, so you've got a chance to win some stuff from Go Faster Strike. You remember my last show, What Is Love Anyway, uh, on DVD. There's a Me One versus Me Two podcast on there. Have I mentioned it? Uh, at Robin Ince's Nine Lessons and Carols for Godless People. I'm on there. Even Al Murray. I'm might, on there. Yeah. On that one. Al Murray on might there. be on that one. Yeah. Uh, Collins and Herring podcast. We sold two of these the other day on the line. So like mentioning that every day has made. That it's actually worked. <laughs> Two sales. You sold those. You sold those online. They got you sold, sold those. They sold no. They sold online. All right. Okay. And Rob, oops, on, on the go for Robin Ince as dumb as you. He's good as well, and he comes. Yeah, on. Robin's terrific. So yeah. you can win all those and tickets to see uh, uh, Elaine uh, Malcolmson and Martin Moore, and uh, of course, fifteen percent VIP discount at the Turquoise Thistle. Yeah. What's yeah. the turquoise thistle? I don't know. Thistle? I get they've started giving me this little card. I don't know what it is. It's like, is it? it's like a <laughs> sounds, it sounds quite uh, Give it 15% off. <laughs> then you, the thing is, you pretty much just have to add that 15% back on for the tip, I guess. Surely so, the turquoise, th- that is a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> My thistle's turquoise tonight. <laughs> Might be. Well, there is a show that is giving out a 10% discount at an escort agency, one of this, the, the sex tourist show. Really? They give a, they give a flyer that gives you 10% discount at an escort. So it might be that. I don't know. I I've I've, haven't had anyone coming back with a smile on their face who's won this. It says it's a restaurant bar and lounge. Lounge. Yeah, that's a lounge. Um, so, okay, we can make some statements that are true or false. I haven't prepared okay. anything at all today. So, uh, Nor have I. You can, you've got loads of facts in your head about this history is, and stuff. This we is could true. Do. So we need everyone to stand up. That'll give me a second to think. Um, and um, uh, and when, if you think it's true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom. Um, <laughs> sorry, just think of an inappropriate. You make a fact one up, Al, because I can't think of it. Right, when I lived with Stuart Lee... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he never did the washing up. True or false? True or false? It's false. He did it once. <laughs> to sit down and said true. Uh, when oh, I look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Who says he doesn't divide opinion? <laughs> when I briefly lived with Stuart Lee and Al Murray, my rental agreement was that I would pay for the TV licence, but I didn't do it immediately. And within about the first week, the TV licence people came and got the house into trouble because I hadn't bought the thing. <laughs> is that true or false? <laughs> he did. Now, don't look at me. That, that, is, that, that is true. That's true. Yeah. You got another uh, one? True or false, the first Winter Olympics was held in Chamonix in 1924. Ooh, true or false? Well, Chamonix, rather, not Chamonix. Chamonix. Old Chamonix. Well, not it's mixed that's divided. true. That is true. Wow, that's divided them down. Um, the... Uh, my, <laughs> I keep on trying to. I'm <laughs> all I can think of is the bloke in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the actor in the bar, and I keep on wanting oh. to just say things that give, give away that it is. I mean, it's obvious who it is anyway. Um, I once, um, when I was uh, in uh, New York, I, I went to wow. see, a, I went to see The Sixth Sense in a cinema, and then I realised uh, that you could get and see any of the other films in there for free. And I was on my own, and I'd done nothing to do, even though I was in New York. So I went to see the film Mickey Blue Eyes. Is that true or false? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is true. It's, it's true. true. I don't. It? I can't remember who's in that, but um, Jane. Uh, but it's, it was a good film. It's uh, a good all right. film. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine used to play in a cricket team with an actor. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> and this actor. Uh, rang uh, w- w- was playing we would play every Sunday with this cricket team and one Sunday he said I'm really sorry I can't make next week I've got some shitty movie some fucking rubbish about some funerals <laughs> <laughs> and some weddings is that story true or false <laughs> one man's gone for false he could win it here t- uh, yeah. it's true. they're all gone for true and false it's true it it's is true, true story <laughs> So we'll do a numerical one to get you down before we get to, uh, sent to prison uh, for saying free, it's just freedom of speech, Al. That's all it is. Yeah, it's freedom of speech. To libel people. And what uh, we're doing is revealing ourselves as idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to do the usual one. I hope Al knows the answer to this question. You've got a numerical answer. How tall is Al Murray in real life? <laughs> like he's a different... He's different. No, this is a hologram. I'm the, I'm the two-pack hologram, Al Murray. How tall do you think Al Murray is? 6'2"? Six, 6'4"? Six, 
510. <laughs> How tall do you think I am? <laughs> Why aren't you in The Hobbit? <laughs> you could be Gimli, glowing sun. <laughs> I think you've lost. Uh, you can sit down. Who's one out of those two, Al? Well, um, uh, are we rounding up, rounding down? I don't know. What do they say? Oh, hang on. Oh, right. well, if you're standing in the fucking dark, then what do you expect? 6 3. He's gone, oh. for the, gone right down the middle. <laughs> oh, I am six foot three and a half. Oh, so someone said six four, down to two. Uh, <laughs> Shall I do one, a new, numerical gone, one? Yeah, do another numerical one. Um, I share a birthday with Bono. When is it? Oh. <laughs> Closest wins. June the 6th. It's May the 10th. Wow, you've won. You won some tickets there. Uh, Do go and see those shows. Thank you very much uh, for coming along. We're back tomorrow with Michael Legg. And Does he know anything about Burma? I don't know. Gonna, I'm, that's going to become my new... He'll be reg- angry about it, though. My new regular question will be... <laughs> I'm furious about Burma! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and someone else, there's a stand-up as well. I can't remember who it is tomorrow. Should really look at my phone before I come out. Uh, so we please give a massive round of applause to my two guests, Celia Pakula and Al Murray. Thank you for coming. Hope you're recorded. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> 